Did you miss Canty and Carlin? That was a soul-crushing loss for the New York Jets yesterday. Yeah. Soul-crushing. To lose in that fashion. Carlin, Carlin, your defense didn't allow the Patriots to score a, a touchdown. They didn't allow the Patriots to score a touchdown. And they lost on a damn punt return. Wow. At the, I, I, I have no words. I, I couldn't imagine what it would be like waking up as a Jets fan today. And, Carlin, I couldn't imagine what it would be like waking up as a player in that Jets locker room. I've lost on a walk-off punt return. I was on the wrong side of Miracle at the Meadowlands, too, when Deshaun Jackson housed it after our team had a three-touchdown lead in the second half. Now, I played on the defensive side of the ball, so there's a part of me that says we only had ourselves to blame. But the Jets' defense didn't do anything wrong yesterday. They didn't. Quentin Williams and company balled. They absolutely flat-out balled. And yet, the offense, and specifically the quarterback, was non-existent. A non-factor. And what adds insult to injury, Carlin, because I'm sure there are a lot of guys on that defensive side of the ball that are licking their wounds, is what Zach Wilson had to say after the damn game. It's inexcusable. Chris, I have never seen a player who played as poorly as he did lose not just other players in his locker room, not just the defense, not just the entire team, the front office maybe, the coaching staff, maybe his career with a team in summing up with one word. No. When he was asked if he felt like they had let down the defense. How do you possibly say that? What's amazing to me is how Zach Wilson at this juncture doesn't understand that when you're the quarterback of a team in the NFL, when things go poorly, it's I and me. Mm. When things go well, it's we. And I don't get how he could possibly have that. And then according to reports, Chris, was walking around the locker room like he wasn't a problem. And it is rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. And I don't know how you save this. I I don't know if this is salvageable at all for the Jets. Because if you're Robert Sala, there is no discussion about what you do. And it doesn't matter who the backup quarterback is. It doesn't matter if it's Flacco. It doesn't matter if it's Mike White. One of those two is playing this week. There's no discussion about it. And Zach Wilson... You know, in talking to people, they had really felt like this past offseason that he got past maturity issues. Mm. That is, I mean, that's not a red flag, Chris. That is a life-altering word that he uttered in that postgame yesterday. Do we have the sound of Zach answering the question? We do somewhere. I'm, I know As that an we offense, do. though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. No. Without hesitation, child. though, Carlin, that's the part that gets me. Without hesitation, yeah. the Jets' offense had a grand total of two yards in the second half. Two 
total yards in the second half, Carlin. They had 103 yards of total offense on the game. Carlin, I had to go back and look because I remember there were some really bad offensive outings during the Adam Gase era of Jets football. Yeah. And I remember there was a one game, week three, 2019, where they started Luke Falk because Sam Donald was hurt. Oh. Carlin, <laughs> Carlin, the Jets scored more points and had more total yards of offense with Luke Falk as their starting quarterback than a guy that they made the second overall pick a year and a half ago. There's a real problem when without hesitation, Zach Wilson says, I don't feel like I let the defense down. I don't feel like the offense let the defense down. I don't think we let the team down. How can you say that so definitively when your team doesn't produce, when your unit doesn't produce? It's a production-based business. And, Carlin, if we're just looking at the production from Zach Wilson since he stepped in in week four as the starting quarterback for the Jets, it's abysmal. He's sixth in QBR, Carlin. He's got four passing touchdowns to five interceptions. And here's probably the most damning stat. The worst completion percentage over expected of any quarterback during that span. The worst. What was he, 40% yesterday? I think it was 40% yesterday. But, Carlin, completion of percentage above expected is a metric that they use on throws that your quarterback is supposed to hit. Like, these are throws that should be completions that Zach Wilson isn't making. And on top of that, you got people out here like Dan Orlovsky who break this thing down to a fine powder, saying that based on some of the reads and some of the throws that you're trying to make, you might not know the offense. I don't think I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what Rob Sala is supposed to do with that. But, Carlin, here's why he's in a tricky spot. Because the organization did invest significant draft capital in him. This is Joe Douglas's pick as their franchise quarterback. You can't just sit this guy on the bench with no regard for what your future plans are at the quarterback spot. But you can't. Because he, he figures to be a factor in the math when it comes to that equation. So that's, that's why I think it's more complex than what you're suggesting. But on its face, you're right. Rob Sala's in danger of losing the locker room if you're preaching accountability, yet you don't force the quarterback to be accountable for his performance or lack thereof yesterday. Chris, I understand where we go here with um, drafting this guy where they did and how much they have invested in him. It doesn't matter. I've got a lot invested in the other 53 guys, too, or 52 guys, whatever it is. I got a lot invested there, and I can't lose the rest of that team because they will ultimately lose respect not just for the quarterback which they don't have right now but for the head coach too i'm sorry those guys playing the way they do deserve better that offense chris it wasn't even that difficult for zach wilson to just make a couple of plays here and there and yet he didn't he they're doing it with an offensive line that doesn't have their two high picks and elijah very tucker and makai becton and they're still making it work yeah, the offensive have, line is not the problem. The offensive have, line did their job. No, they, they don't have Brees Hall. They, they, they have good receivers. This is nobody else's fault but the quarterback. There is no playing him this week. To me, there's no playing him for a few weeks because he needs to figure out that you can't be an immature baby and expect to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yes, they have a lot invested in him. I'm not telling them right now that you wrap it up and close the door on him. But for the moment, he's in a lengthy timeout for me. Because no matter what it was yesterday that I saw, it can't be worse. It can't be worse 
if I start one of the other two guys, and and listen, I think Mike Tannenbaum said it earlier, absolutely brilliant. Oh, that's easy. He's the third-string quarterback, and he'll be running the practice squad uh, in terms of Mike White and Joe Flacco will be competing to start. I think this is an absolute no-brainer for head coach Robert Sala. If he does it any other way, he could lose the entire organization. And what I mean by that is, and Chris knows this very well, you know, a culture of accountability means exactly that. If you're overweight, if you're late, you get fined. And if you let one player not be held accountable who played so poorly and obviously has a lot of work to do off the field, it would just be fundamentally unacceptable to let him trot out there, even with the backup team on Wednesday's practice. He, he does not deserve to dress for the game. He's not good enough. And this is a team that has a lot of strengths going right now, and he is holding them back. I mean, what else can you, can you do right now, Chris? Well, you could sign IK and them Kapali and see if that can work <laughs> things out in the locker room with the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, listen, Carlin, Zach Wilson tried his best to give the game to the Patriots even before the punt return for a touchdown. I mean, he threw one that hit Deb McCourty in the chest right before halftime, yeah. and then there was another one on an out route that Jonathan Jones should have picked off and taken to the house. Yeah. Like, he tried to give the game to the Patriots' defense before they actually gave the game to the Patriots team. I, I just it's, – it's, it's all bad right now, and there are no answers. There's a lot of frustration. But I will say this. When you see guys like Garrett Wilson, young players, show that frustration and, and seemingly on the field, their body language screams that they're exhausted by Zach Wilson, that should let everybody within the organization that's a part of the decision-making tree know – what they need to do moving forward in terms of how to handle Zach Wilson. Because you're right, I do think that the head coach and the GM could be in danger of losing that locker room if they don't make a switch at quarterback. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Weigh in on this. Is it Mike White? Is it Joe Flacco? Or do you keep playing Zach Wilson? And as Jerry Jones believes off of yesterday, are the Cowboys... The best team in the NFC, legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Your opportunity to get through. By the way, one other AFC team got their groove back. It's next, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Let me tell you something. For an opposing call especially, 
That's about as good of a call as you're ever going to hear from Bob Wischusen right there on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Yeah, that was an outstanding call by B.O.B. You know he always does his thing, though, Carlin. He really does. He's as but good as But you had to know that in that booth he was getting his heart ripped out oh. as he was talking about Marcus Jones housing that thing. That man has seen a of lot of bad football. Man, with the hopes of Braden, Braden Mann trying to tackle him. And, Carlin, we knew that once it was Jones and the punter, it wasn't going to happen for the Jets, right? You know, Chris, I got to tell you, the one thing I'm shocked about, Braden Mann is not catching a lot of heat. How do you not punt the ball out of bounds? I mean, that's Matt. I'm sorry to bring it up, but you know, and the head goes right to the hand. I'm sorry. That's Matt Dodge all over again. Yeah, but Matt Dodge got fired shortly thereafter and never again to be seen from in the National Football League. I don't yeah. know that that's going to be the fate of Braden Mann, but here's the other one. Mac Wilson, the linebacker for the Patriots, Yeah, he, he almost blew the game for him by trying to block whoever it was for the Jets. Yeah. I forget the name. Yeah. He tried to block a guy that had no shot at being able to tackle Marcus Jones. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Well, about. but, I mean, let's also be clear about that. That the, the thing that you talk about, the block in the back that could have been called? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Completely, un, completely unnecessary. And it, it, it was. It did happen at the 15-yard line. Sure. Which means it would have been a spot foul back to the 25. They would have had a chance at about a 42-yarder. Nick Folk had missed a couple already, but they still would have had a really good chance to win the game anyway. Because Fair of point. that return. So let's hit some calls on Zach Wilson and the embarrassing way he handled himself yesterday. I'm more upset by that than the game, to tell you the truth. I really, truly am. You, you can have a horrible game, and, that, and that's up there. But this one, to me, to, to speak that way postgame, to have no shame in saying that you did not let down the defense, I, I don't understand it. Let's hit the calls at 888-SAY-ESPN on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Joe in Columbus up first on ESPN Radio. Joe, what do you got for us? Joe. How you doing, guys? Um, real quick, so I'm not too familiar with the entire situation, but I have heard you guys talk about it. Um, personally, I feel like during that draft class, Zach Wilson kind of came out of nowhere. I understand why Trevor Lawrence would be the number one overall pick. But I felt like Justin Fields was the better quarterback compared to Zach Wilson. And this moment here is uh, 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 exactly what I was thinking in terms of what this pick would do for the uh, organization. Yeah, Joe, I feel like you've been proven right already. I mean, the last five weeks has been every indication that Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. Now, you know, what Zach turns into long-term remains to be seen, but it's clear and evident that if the Jets had Justin Fields with this defense, that this would be a team that not only could get a playoff spot, but this would be a team that could win a playoff game. I, 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 I'm sorry, right now the Jets are in a position when they're winning in spite of their quarterback position, and they should be winning because of their quarterback position when you take a guy with the second overall pick. Look, that, and he didn't come from nowhere. I mean, he played at BYU, but later in the season, uh, they were talking about him being a top-five pick. So, yeah, but only one full season as the starter at BYU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, Chris, like he was problem, in a He was in a heated quarterback competition yep. first couple of years there. And, and he had been hurt issues the year about, before. Yeah, and there yep. were some issues with leadership out there. So I, I can understand what Joe is saying. There's some merit to that, especially when you consider – What's bubbling up to the surface now, Carlin, with some of yeah. the post-game antics at this point from Zach Wilson? 
Let's hit uh, Daniel in West Virginia up next on ESPN Radio. Daniel, what's going on? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. I just I think that the Jets should at least bench him for a game to show him a little responsibility because they risk losing the defensive locker room and how hard that they've been playing to keep him in games. And if he if Zach Wilson can get by with not showing full effort, then maybe they'll start not showing as much effort. Well, it's not it's not so much that it's that everybody else is busting it to try to win games, and they're they're playing well enough to win games. It's. It's not even that the whole offense is bad, Chris. It's no, it's not. It's, it's not. one guy. And, and, Carlin, you saw that with Garrett Wilson yesterday on the field, visibly upset that Zach Wilson made the wrong read and didn't get him the football on a shallow crosser where he had his man beat. It would have been an easy conversion for a first down. And then you heard him after the game. Do we have the Garrett Wilson sound after the game? Because he was frustrated by the situation that the Jets found themselves in yesterday. Listen, he is uh, – I'll see if we can get it here. and I, I think we do have it. Um, but it's beyond frustrated at that point. It, it's beyond frustrated. Here he is uh, after the game yesterday. Let's see if we can get it fired up here. I've got it. Uh, we got to be detailed, you know, all of us. You know, it started it started during the week in practice, um, coaching, all of that. Man, we all got to be more detailed. We all got to have a a better plan. Um, this shit's not okay. I mean, straight up, it's not okay. We had how many how many total yards we had? A little over hundred. Yeah, it's not 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 gonna fly. So, um, you know, we got the dudes. It's time. You know, it's time to be consistent. It's time to start winning the games we should win. It's time to to do all that. Um, yeah. Carlin, he's 10 games into his NFL career, and he's talking like that. Yep. What does that tell you? What does it's that a, tell you? It, they it, feel it, like they can win, and the quarterback is holding them back. Yep. That's where the locker room is. And I, the last caller that we had, he was saying you could lose the defensive locker room. First of all, there ain't two locker rooms. There ain't three locker rooms. There's only one locker room. It's the team, and it's three phases, offense, defense, and special teams. And right now, the quarterback is jeopardizing – the head coach's credibility in the eyes of the 52 other guys in that locker room. And that is the problem that the Jets are going to have to deal with. Chris, here's a little nugget for you to give you an idea. There's something cooking out there in Florham Park, New Jersey. This from Rich Samini, who is going to join us after Robert Sala meets the media. Robert Sala is one hour late for his usual Monday Zoom with the media. Very unusual. The Jets say he's in meetings. They got to figure out how to handle this thing. This is crisis management right now. Exactly. They got to figure out how we pull the plug on the Zach Wilson experiment, not alienate the kid, potentially preserve his football future with the franchise, while also making sure that they give this team every opportunity to reach its full potential. Because this Meanwhile, team is ready to go, Carlin. This team is ready to go. They got a championship caliber defense. They got a strong running game. They got weapons on the outside that they can use. They just need a quarterback. Talking about disappointments, the Jets aren't the only one. We get to that next. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? (laughs) Was that true? We welcome in Taylor Twelman. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Of course, Taylor, outstanding ESPN soccer analyst. All right, were they in fact flopping like dead fish, Taylor? <laughs> uh, no, I think it's a little harsh. Were a lot of players all over the place? Sure, uh, but that's a product of having a World Cup in winter time in Qatar, where the players have had. I mean. Guys, in all seriousness, tongue-in-cheek, you're going to see a ton of injuries in this tournament just the way it is. It's it's unfortunate. Taylor, uh, on social media, everybody was in an uproar about the officiating, especially the early yellow cards against the U.S. What would you make of all of that? I thought the officiating, my man, was harsh on both sides. Um, but here's the deal, and it, it, it's with all sports. I think many people listening right now, think soccer's on a different level than others. In a basketball game, if you call a soft charge early on in the game, you've set the standard, right? That's how the rest of the game is going to be called. If you're calling holding on an offensive lineman early on in the game, you send the message that the rest of the game is going to be refereed or officiated at this magnitude. He was too inconsistent for me. He completely lost the magnitude of the game. Serginho Dest's yellow card early on the game was soft. He's blowing the whistle when a player's down, which, by the way, you only do that when there's a head injury. Otherwise, you let the play move on. He's blowing the whistle, stopping games when he didn't need to. He was inconsistent, but that's not the reason why the United States gave away two points there. Taylor Twelman, ESPN soccer analyst, uh, with us right now. All right, so how big of a disappointment is this, especially considering they had the 1-0 lead? Uh, It's difficult because in the way you phrased the question is fantastic, is how well they played in the first half. They dominated Wales. Wales was completely uh, out of their depth in that game, and I give Wales a ton of credit because they tactically needed to make a switch. They did that. The problem is, under Greg Berhalter throughout his entire tenure, is there's been a propensity to not make the necessary changes when the other team does so. And, guys, ever since COVID, it's been under the radar, particularly in the American media side. It's not three subs anymore. It's five. So there's less of an excuse to not make the right substitution or right change when it's needed, and especially 
when a team has to chase the game, because of England beating Iran 6-2 earlier today, this was a must-win. And you did everything you needed to do in the first half. You forced Wales to change, which makes it even easier for you to then switch and say, we're going to get the second goal. I think that's the most disappointing part to me is the fact that Wales changed, you didn't. And quite honestly, with the way the game was going, you can make an argument that Wales actually could have stolen three points away from you, and now it just makes the rest of the World Cup group stage more difficult because of England's result early on today. So, Taylor, with that being said, what grade do you give Greg Berhalter in his first game as manager? Oh, man, that's a good one. It's a real good one. Because the first half and the way he did his starting 11, I'd say it's an A+. The problem is, is the second half, I'd look at it and say, that's a D plus, C minus. So, I, I, you know, you got to give him a B, right? Because every single time the United States men's national team has gotten at least a point in the opening game, they've gotten out of the group stage. However, they never were in a group that had the first result in the other game was 6-2 for one of the teams. And so especially the team that's favored. So now this becomes very difficult. And here's why, guys. I'll say what everyone's thinking, but not saying it. The final game is against Iran. Geopolitical reasons and everything else. That will be the second biggest game in Iran's history. Do you know what the first one was? 1998 against the United States in the World Cup in France. So the last thing you wanted for Greg Berhalter in in this men's team is to need to get three points out of that game because that will be the biggest game for Iran as a country, as a nation, as a team, no matter how you slice it. And now, because of dropping the three points against Wales, that becomes more difficult. So to answer your question, I'm giving him a B, but this easily could have been an A type of effort with how he picked his 11 and how they played the first half. Last one, Taylor. Is that basically the only path to the knockout round right now? It is, unless for some reason Wales and Iran plays to a draw, which is possible, right? So there's still an opportunity there. But now with goal differential being your tiebreaker, as it always is, third place becomes a real interesting one, right? So now the last thing you wanted is to be four points and relying on that when England just won 6-2. So now... As long as you get a result against England and Wales doesn't beat Iran, okay, that makes the third game interesting. But I've been seeing, I've been covering this sport for 12 years. I played it for 10. I've seen it numerous amount of times. I'd be shocked if the United States do not go into that third game needing a positive result against Iran. And quite honestly, guys, that's going to be a massive game for more reasons than one. Taylor, outstanding insight. We appreciate it, man. Thanks. Hey, thanks for talking about it, boys. Be good. Absolutely. Taylor Twelman, ESPN soccer analyst on this afternoon's draw, the U.S. and Wales ending in a 1-1 tie. Can't he he's Carlin? absolutely the best, isn't he? Taylor, oh, he's so he's good. the best. Chris, during the pandemic, I hosted some shows with Taylor. He is so good. So yeah. good. And funny. Very funny dude. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Uh, that, um, that draw this afternoon... Not going to make the top five. <laughs> Not going to make the top five. It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? teams were great. What player was not? Does he hang on? Intercepted. He couldn't hang on. This is the NFL Top 5, Bottom 5. Yes, it is. And as you know, Mr. Positivity is Mr. Top 5, and that's me, Chris Carlin of Canty and Carlin fame on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. When you want to feel better, you turn to me because I'm chances are I'm going to lift up your spirits. I I can be a jolly guy. I can be a positive guy. Yeah, but even in your top five, Carlin, I can't help but feel like you're a glass half empty type of dude. Well, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you're going to hear today. How about Just that? like they say you're pleasantly plump. <laughs> and you will be plumper like, because of Thanksgiving this week. I've but go ahead with your top I, five. I've been looking for investment opportunities. I may start a dating app called Pleasantly Plump. I might <laughs> yes. do that. I might do that. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> oh, my God, Canty. Let's get to it. Here's Carlin with the top five. That's right. Number five. Number five, Mr. Canty, is the Washington Commanders. Hello. Let's, let's show a little love for the Washington Commanders because they have now won five out of six. And they went down to Houston, Texas, and just smacked around the Texans from the get-go and never really gave them any kind of a sniff. Pick six before you can eat, blink. Look at how good their defense is playing right now. They're only giving up 20 points a game. They're in the top 10 uh, in the league there. They're top 10 in the league in run defense, and they're just outside the top 10 in pass defense. Chris, they're doing all the things right, and as you pointed out earlier, Chase Young is just about to come back. I like where the commanders are, and give them credit. At 1-4, and four, with all the stupid drama that the owner causes, it would have been easy for Ron Rivera's crew to pack it in, and they didn't. They've done a great job. Absolutely great job. Outstanding job. Number four. How about the Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills showed what it's like when you're a championship team with those expectations and you have a lot of things go wrong for you in the span of a few days. You've lost a couple in a row. There's seven feet of snow in Buffalo. you got to get to Detroit. Some, uh, there, some guy has to plow uh, Josh Allen's driveway that's like a half mile long just to get him to the bus. I was reading that in Peter King this morning. Like It was a whole scene, man. And the Bills went to Detroit, and they got the job done. And under adverse circumstances. And how did they get it done? Chris, they did the two things we've been saying they can't do. They ran the ball, and they stopped the run. I mean, 14 carries for 19 yards yesterday for Nick Chubb. That is a phenomenal job by the Buffalo Bills and their defense. Number three. Number three is Jalen Hurts. And look, we've talked about him all season long and how great he's been. But the mark of a great player, Chris, is one that when your team has not played well for the entire game 
and you've got three points on the board going into the fourth quarter against a mediocre team, and you basically just, I don't want to say you haven't shown up, but it's just one of those days where you can't get out of your own way, and then you find a way. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what Jalen Hurts and company did yesterday. That fourth quarter for Jalen Hurts between running the ball and making plays with his legs and throwing darts, including a touchdown to Quez Watkins, that's why Jalen Hurts is a special quarterback. That's why he is a franchise quarterback. That's why he is just about a top five quarterback in the NFL. Did I stutter? Number two. Number two, Mr. Canty. Speaking of which... How about the job Dak Prescott did yesterday? He yes. Was, he was fantastic. Yes. Chris, this is heresy, but I'm going to invoke a name for Cowboys fans. And it's not saying he is the same guy. All it's saying is this is what the performance reminded me of. It looked like a Troy Aikman performance. Mm. It was 22 of 25 for 265 and two touchdowns. But what did the Cowboys do first and foremost? They ran the football. And, you know, the last time I checked, Dak Prescott doesn't exactly have Michael Irvin on the outside. C.D. Lamb's pretty good, yeah. but he's nowhere near the playmaker. Yeah, they have the same number, and that's about it. Yeah. Dak Prescott was fantastic yesterday, and he deserves credit because he's been getting knocked quite a bit lately. I mean, for Pete's sake, our guy Dan Orlowski was pointing out that Cooper Rush's uh, quarterback rating was better than his. Carlin, I'll say this. That throw that Dak Prescott made on the run right before oh, halftime to, to set Tony up the 60-yard. Yeah, to set up the 60. No, the throw that he made to uh to, oh, to Lamb. Lamb on the sideline. Yeah, to set up that 60-yard field goal from Brett Maher. Mm-hmm. That, that was an outstanding throw, Carl. And he put it only where his receiver could get it. The ball was out of bounds. Yep. And C.D. Lamb had just enough room to extend, keep the two toes in bounds, set up the field goal. That Those are those – are, game-winning plays, Carlin, even though those moments don't happen at the end of the game, if that makes sense. And, and by the way, the Pollard throw was gorgeous. Oh, yeah, in the third was, quarter, that was an outstanding oh throw. Oh, goodness. He laid it out there. Tony Pollard looks like a receiver, not a running back when he's in the passing game. He does. Just that didn't that look there. like a wheel road out of the backfield. That, that no, absolutely that looked not. like a fade by mm-hmm. a wide receiver. Number one. Do you even need to know? Do I even need to say it? No, it's my homeboy. Exactly. It's my homeboy. Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in the NFL. He's the MVP. And he showed it again last night. And you know when you have an MVP, you know when you have one of the best players in the NFL? When the other team scores, and you already know. And that's exactly what happened last night. The Chargers knew, Chris. The Chiefs knew. Didn't matter that Herbert threw the touchdown with a minute 40 left. Everybody in that building in SoFi knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to lead them back and win that game. Carlin, you know the most frustrating part about that whole thing with Patrick Mahomes is even when you have everything covered, he can still take off and run the ball. That's got to be the most frustrating part about it. I mean, he did it a couple of times on that six-play, 75-yard game-winning drive. How how do you account for that, Carlin? Not only does he have... One of the best arms in the NFL. Not only is he the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, but you're talking about him being able to utilize his mobility and make it a weapon. He had a 16-yard scramble in there, Carlin. I mean, he had another scramble in there for six yards. Uh, How do you account for that when the guy is throwing lasers all over the field? Chris, we can throw a lot of different numbers at you, but I'm going to throw two at you to show the brilliance of Patrick Mahomes. Number one, 
He has won 25 consecutive games in the months of November and December. I'm going to repeat that. Patrick Mahomes has won 25 consecutive starts in November and December. And number two, the Kansas City Chiefs this year have converted 14 third down and 10 or more. (laughs) 14 of them. They are at 48% on the year. In that Where's the category. rest of the league? I mean, that's unheard of. And, Chris, quite simply, the MVP race is over. We can stop talking about yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Those yeah. are your top five for today. Any problems? No problems. Um, I was surprised that you didn't include Brett Maher, the Cowboys kicker, in there. What I did love is that if had that actually been a challenge, I was thinking if I were Brett Maher and I, Brett Maher and I, I kicked the first one and then I can't, I have to kick it a second time and I do like I would have looked at the sideline and I might have, you know, made some gestures that I shouldn't have to the other side. Yeah, I, I was thinking that you might have thrown him in there. I mean, the game winning drive by Jalen Hurts, you know, the plays that he made down the stretch, you could have thrown that in there. There are a couple, but a solid job overall of the top five things that we saw in week 11 in the National Football League. Well done, my friend. Thank you. Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.